1: Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com.
0: mobilecom It's time to talk politics. It's Hardline on WBEN. Now, WBN's David Bellavia. Welcome to Hardline. It's uh, Sunday. So, you know what that means? We got uh, Dr. Jacob heisel from the University of Buffalo School of Political Science, and I always want to say School of Hard Knocks, but that, <laughs> that would is be almost
1: certainly not true.
0: Not true at all. And, and we've got a lot going on today. Uh, this, uh, if, you, you, if you have a cell phone, which would mean, you know, 99% of the world, daylight saving isn't all that stressful because... Anything hooked up to the network is going to have your phone automatically reset. Modern cars now have the same sort of automatic reset. There used to be a time that you would. this was a very stressful day, you know, because if you, for whatever reason, weren't aware that you had to set your hour ahead, go, you know, set your clocks ahead one hour, you ran around a, a whole morning looking around saying, oh, did we miss the time? Now we've got people with power that's out, and that would have been... The absolute, you know, godhead of disaster. Right. To have daylight saving on the day that you lost power, because now what do you got to do? You know, how do you how do you know before the internet, you know, what time it is if everything is is off for 24 hours?
1: I still freak out about it. I woke up several times this morning thinking I'd missed it somehow.
0: You that you screwed the whole thing <laughs> up. I did. Well, there is legislation right now in the U.S. Senate. To eliminate this from ever happening again. Now, if Donald Trump could be any less, uh, you know, if Donald Trump could be more unpopular with the far left, you know, they're accusing him of, of unilaterally changing things just for the sake of changing them. This is something that, believe it or not, is a. Has a lot of support with Democrats and Republicans. Of course, if you go to the history of why this happened, you could look to the you know the, the era where agriculture was, you know, sixty percent of our economy as a country. Uh, but are we at the point, Dr. Nyeisel, <laughs> where daylight saving is completely done just for cosmetic purposes?
1: Oh, that's a great question. Um, I don't know that that's something you want to run on as part of your, your key part of your platform if you're a politician trying to uh, you know, eliminate daylight savings time. But it isn't popular. I, I can't imagine that uh, you know, if we were to do surveys on these things, I'm not sure why you'd use time for that. But if you were to do surveys, I can't imagine that people like losing an hour of sleep, but they love gaining an hour of sleep. So depending on where the survey was done, uh, they, they might actually be supportive of the policy overall.
0: Well, researchers have found an increase in heart attacks, workplace injuries, and traffic accidents in the days after the spring-forward clock change. People lose their—this is affecting the health of Americans.
1: But there are positive outcomes on the other end. (laughs) What are the positive outcomes? So— we we talked a couple weeks ago or or several weeks ago about uh, weather and politics. This is time change in politics, where uh, there's at least one piece out there uh, by Richard Erbach. He's at the Iowa State University where he looks at proximity of national elections to the the fall back down period, right, where you get an extra hour of sleep. And elections that are closer to that time period, uh, people are more participatory, higher turnout. And then if you do surveys around it, they feel more efficacious, right? They feel like their vote matters more. And so this is about democracy, David. We need to save democracy by the by the fall back down period.
0: <laughs> well, Scott Yates, Scott Yates is a serial entrepreneur, according to his Wikipedia entry. He's also someone who's worked on ending biannual clock changes for over 15 years. Now, that alone has got to be something that really depresses the hell out of you when you turn 70 years old and realize – I've wasted my life on biannual if clock it gets changes. You up out of bed in the
1: morning. <laughs> but Scott Yates,
0: who now is uh, writing an opinion piece on CNN this morning, he writes that uh, it's time to end this. And it's time to end this because 60 percent of voters supported Proposition 7 in California, and that was to adopt daylight saving time permanently. Uh, and Massachusetts also passed a bill. Uh, Florida has passed a bill in 2018. Matter of fact, Marco Rubio is sponsoring a right. bill in the Senate to make what just happened today at 2 in the morning to be forever. This will never be changed back, will never fall back. This is the time that we will keep in perpetuity in the United States. And the European Union, We're not. it's not just a North America thing. The European Union announced it is ending support for changing the clocks twice a year. A survey found 80% of people... ...support the move to stay on what the European Union calls summertime.
1: Interesting. That's
0: what they call it, summertime. And in the United States, more than 60 bills in 30 states are trying to fix this to make it permanent. Now, why is... uh, And this is all because of the Uniform Time Act of 1966 which set federal guidelines for clock chases. <laughs> Could you imagine that? Like, who the hell? Someone who was in a... In 1966, you're two years after the Civil Rights Amendment, yep. you're sitting there thinking, what can we do? <laughs> We've with the done momentum, it all. <laughs> with the momentum of the 64 Civil Rights Act, what can we do? And someone stood up and was like,
1: how about a Uniform Time Act? That had to really be a letdown after 64 Civil Rights, 65 Voting Rights. And that is just all downhill from it. 66
0: Time Act. So, so they decide <laughs> that from March March to November, that they would be winter time, uh, which is what they call standard time, right? And then uh, residents of Hawaii, Arizona and Puerto Rico, they don't have to change their clocks. That was according to the 66 Time Zone Act. And then many states would stay in daylight savings time year round and it would require congressional approval. Well, every time this would happen, there would be someone in the Senate, usually in the Senate, that stymies the whole thing. They believe now with Marco Rubio and this president who will sign what he you know, it doesn't really matter if it's something for the sake of change. You might say, well, you know, some presidents are. You know, authoritarian, or maybe they're just traditionalists. I let's put it this way: George H. W. Bush would not sign an act to change the daylight saving. Probably not. I think Donald Trump is your is your Huckleberry if you're that <laughs> guy. So so President Trump is like, hey, uh, if Marco Rubio wants to put this bill through, if you've got the horses in the in the Senate, uh, let's do it. But there's not a lot of people that disagree with it. So you out there. Would you want a congressional federal change so that we don't have to go through these shenanigans anymore? Uh, we'll take your calls. Republican line is eight zero three zero nine thirty. Democratic line is 644-9875. Uh, wait, wait, 644 And uh, someone just texted in at 30930. We should keep standard time, not daylight savings time, so that the sun is actually at the highest near noon. Uh, Makes some sense. So, I mean, I'm not saying that we keep the current what what the Europeans call summertime, summertime now. I'm just saying, don't change it again. Right. Keep it what it is, and that's the way it is. Uh, but what, this has political uh, connotations. You you got some research on the fact that when when clocks change before mm-hmm. elections, you actually get different results.
1: Well, different turnout, which uh, downstream of that could be different results. We we think that uh, turnout helps Democrats. So maybe if you're a republican and you're reading the tea leaves and you're looking for voter any, suppression any little something at the margins that could that could provide you an advantage maybe N- you like this
0: not to throw your entire uh, you know profession <laughs> and your colleagues <laughs> under the bus but if i if i like release the mcrib 2 weeks before an election wouldn't i see results from
1: that i want to write that paper now
0: but, but you could be a you, with but me some on some it. in your field tend to look at any Any sort of deviation from the norm, absolutely, and show that it has an effect. But I'm saying that's true. Storm, we talked about weather for an entire two hours. We talked about weather and politics, and there's still a debate over it. (laughs) But if it rains, is it better for Republicans? Um, you know, we've heard African Americans talk about how you can suppress voter turnout just by putting a cop car, Yep. if they see police. Uh, in some, you know, uh, districts, in some voting, uh, you know, areas in the city, you know, there's just that much disdain for law enforcement that if any law enforcement is near a polling place, some folks, for whatever reason, are not going to vote. Uh, we've seen the same thing happen uh, with snow. You know, mm-hmm. is it better for what party? So, yeah, I, I guess we can go through all of it. But if we're right. going to get to... Is there are do do people like to vote in the dark? Do people (laughs) like to vote at night? It doesn't matter what you change the clock to when polls close at 9 p.m. People are going to vote at night.
1: Right. I mean, part of this, uh, I'm not going to mount a defense of the discipline, but uh, we kind of had the big stuff set kind of in the 1960s. You know, we our our big contributions. Democrats vote for Democrats. Republicans vote for Republicans and independents. They vote for the winner. And we've known that for a while. So everything around the since then has kind of been cleaning up around the margins. It it is it's clever ways to think about the world that that maybe we hadn't um, brought up to the fore before. Um, But, yeah, there's there's a lot at the margins that we're doing that I think uh, as accumulation of knowledge helps out uh, in terms of figuring out what kinds of people uh, vote or what kinds of things help people get to the polls and all in the name of little D democracy but uh, yeah, the the McRib paper. I'm not sure that's going to have a whole lot of popular attention right, right
0: now. <laughs> a twin, a, a trending, a, a, twind- a, a trending Twitter hashtag right now on Twitter is hashtag lock the clock, and there is a movement now. Clever. Is this? and We'll get to your calls eight zero three zero nine thirty Republican line six four four nine eight seven five the Democratic line. But is this a, a, a? Are we looking at the fact that because so many people. Are involved in politics, arguably for the first time, you know, so there's so many petitions out there movements. We got people that want to go back to socialism. People want to establish a gold standard again to back up the dollar. These we're almost we've, you know, Hollywood's run out of ideas. And it almost seems that in politics, we like to recycle ideas. This is not anything new. There have been experts that have been talking about this for for the last 40 years.
1: The longer I do this, the more I'm convinced there are actually very few things that are new under the sun. (laughs) But it's new to a 25-year-old
0: who just graduated from Vassar, and now it's like, let's get to the bottom of this.
1: Yeah, I mean, so there was a, I'm blanking on it right now. Sorry, it's daylight savings time. I'm, I'm tired. Uh, there was a constitutional amendment that had just hung out forever until a, a high school student did a term paper on it, and it got support, and then it was finally ratified. And she won
0: her primary, in, AOC. She's, no, I'm kidding. No, I'm stop it. That's not funny. Hey, let's go to the phones on the Republican line. It's John in Youngstown. John, daylight saving, uh, what do you think? Would you support uh, dropping this entire thing?
2: I like to go back to the traditional thing, which uh, uh, leads to what I really call, I mean, I hope I'm on topic, the, the Memorial Day holidays and holidays like that. I'd like to see those return to the old traditional days. I was born on Memorial Day, and it was always a treat as a kid to get that day off. And uh, what,
0: are you, what are you saying, that that have just one standard day, don't adjust the days?
2: No, right. Go back to the holiday on its original time, like May 30th. Um, I always had the Indianapolis five hundred on it and it was Memorial Day. It was a thing to remember the veterans who passed on. Right. And you know, um I, I uh,
0: so you're a traditionalist in the sense of let's just have one consistent day for holidays, but when it comes to, you know, November we, we fall back an hour, uh March we traditionally move up an hour. They call it summertime versus Atlantic time. Are you are you saying that we've evolved enough where you know less than one percent of our economy is now agriculture? You can't really make the argument that the farmers need an extra hour. What what, what could possibly be the argument?
2: I, I would go back to the way it was before they changed it. That, yeah, uh, one less thing to worry about. You know, in today's busy life. Um,
0: well, why do you think, John, that this is an issue in 2019 and this wasn't an issue in like, you know, 2002? John, I appreciate your call. And he uh, he, that's that's John's take on it. Well, look, 90, his the, the argument is, is that we've, uh, you know, the, the folks have changed and 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 people aren't as I don't know. I don't know where, where to follow up on well, that. Here, here's what I'm saying. Why are we talking about issues in 2019? that everyone talked about a water cooler you know you sat around you drank coffee you you smoked a cigarette and played cards and said wouldn't it be great if we could all have universal basic income (laughs) and then all of a sudden in 2019 now we're like let's do it wouldn't it be great if we didn't fall back and spring ahead that should be done and now we're doing it is because is it because we've elected more folks that are, are, are basically riding this agent of change into elected office. And so now it's like, we're going to just change everything. What our fathers did, just reverse it,
1: 180. There's certainly some logic to that in the sense that uh, bureaucracies, they need to, in many ways, justify their own existence. And there's a, a push toward just doing something, anything. And if that's how they are able to... Know, keep their jobs and are able to to keep engaged with the public, then they're gonna find ways to to do that. And if it includes daylight savings time or uh, election day as a national holiday, I'm not saying these things aren't good ideas, but there there seems to be a, a bigger push for lots more stuff being done.
0: Well, that seems to be where we're at now. Now, in the in using that as our next segue to our our next uh, uh, topic here, uh, we, when we come back, we're gonna take a break. When we come back, we're gonna talk about ethics change in the house and in the senate and how this might be targeting politicians that have found themselves in trouble like our very own chris collins in new york 27 but what this means in the future if you know we've got an amendment right now looks like a bill that's going to force all presidential candidates to release their tax returns but not members of congress is this the new normal where everyone is going to release their tax returns is the financial disclosure form enough that currently exist and we have to look into that and what this means for sitting members that have issues right now dr jacob nyheisel from ub on bellavia we're here it's hardline we'll be back after this break we're back to hardline we've got dr jacob nyheisel from ub here on friday dr nyheisel there was a vote in the house of representatives democratically controlled house of Representatives. hr1 hit the floor it won 234 to 193 and what this is is it's wide-ranging ethics reform. One of the things is to expand voting rights, which I'm not really sure you can... It seems like they're trying to crowbar all that into one thing, but you've got expansion of voting rights, ethics reform, and one of the things is also to mandate the disclosure of presidential tax returns. Never heard this as an argument before Donald Trump became president. Now this is an important thing. Uh, Bernie Sanders was asked this in his town hall meeting. And he was like, I'll get to it. You know, well, I'll wait till I'm the candidate. Uh, Nancy Pelosi, Speaker of the House, was asked, are you going to release your tax returns? And she said, I'm not running for president. So evidently, it's only if you run for president and only if you're the nominee should you release your tax returns. But when you look at just if we took the the ethics reforms that are changing now, and I don't think anyone would argue that there is a need for ethics reforms. What's your takeaway
1: as to what this means? So Congress has been really slow to get on board with some of these things. I think it was uh, 2012 when they uh, passed a law that would effectively bar members of Congress from making money off of their private information that they get from serving in in, in Congress. Uh, for a long time, it was not illegal. It was not even considered perhaps unethical by House standards for members to make money off of Um, private information they knew. Uh, Kind of a long tradition going all the way back to to the machine politics days where um, they would sometimes uh, make distinctions between honest and dishonest graft, uh, where I suppose honest graft would be if you already kind of owned the property where they were going to put utilities through or a new project or something like that, and you just kind of steered the contracts there, then it was somehow okay or above board in that world. Um, And during the, the American Civil War, members of Congress uh, often engaged in, in war profiteering, right? Steering contracts toward businesses in their district and, and the like for you know, when they were up arming uh, on all sides. And so, yeah, Congress has had their hands in, in these kinds of things for a very long time. And it wasn't until just the you know, last couple years where they've decided eh, maybe that's not the best idea to allow people with private information from committees that govern these various entities. Uh, To allow them to to make money off that and trade on that information
0: We're going to talk more about this and how it relates to Congressman Collins in New York 27 803-0930 if you're a Republican 644-9875 if you're a Democrat We're going to take your calls right after this break Welcome back to Hardline. I want to thank Alan Harris for doing the news and also Joe Beamer for uh, doing everything else. That guy's a one-man band right there. He's got the calls. He's got the board. He's drinking a mocha latte, and he's juggling with his feet. Joe Beamer, thanks for being here, Joe.
1: Hey, David, thanks for the coffee, and always a pleasure to be here.
0: (laughs) He says that wearing pajamas right now, which is uh, because he sleeps here.
1: I forgot my jeans this morning. <laughs> I forgot. I, je- I usually have the pajamas for the first part of this shift, and then change into jeans before you know hardline because you, it's a serious show. I gotta well, be normal. in serious. At mode. and any
0: you know at any middle school in a, in Western New York, that is the standard uh, uniform for picking up your children.
1: Absolutely. Or um, interns at Star. Oh,
0: ooh, that was a little personal. Dr. Jacob Nyehizel is here uh, from the University of Buffalo School of Political Science. On Friday, uh, a bill went through the House. That really doesn't mean much because you've got the Republican controlled Senate. Uh, you know, whether it comes down to the national emergency declaration, even if you have, you still have to go through the gauntlet of. In our system, the president of the United States has the ability to veto. Here's a bill, H.R. 1, that went through. Now, this is interesting because it's, first of all, these bills in the House of Representatives, this is over 300 pages. You know, how anyone can look us in the eye and tell us that they physically have read Anything that they're voting on. I
1: think very few legislators can say that with a straight face. Yeah.
0: I, I, But why even pretend? I mean, to me, it, it's such a stupid canard to get into the whole, I've read every... Right. It doesn't mean if you... At any rate, H.R. 1, it bans lawmakers from sitting on corporate boards now this is something that many people have talked about in the past it would directly hit chris collins because of his uh, situation with that australian pharma uh, pharmaceutical company right. uh, with his ms vaccine that turned out to have failed and then we had insider trading allegations uh, and now we also are going to stop lawmakers from using taxpayer money to reach settlements In deployment discrimination cases uh, that stem from their own uh, accountability, their own actions. Uh, To me, what would be, I think what the American people would like is to go back to the old settlements that we've made and say, you owe us that money. Right. Because put it, these put it are back se- in the coffers, but these are sexual assault allegations. It's not just, you know, you when you hear discrimination, you think it's based on ethnicity, religion in the Me Too movement. These were allegations of black and white sexual assault right. by both Democrats and Republicans, and they were paid for by you and I.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, yeah. <laughs> That we'd like that money back, I guess, would be the the polite way to say that. Um, that, that, that seems I don't know that it has an analog in the private sector um, where if you personally did something that suddenly your institution is responsible for for you, um, they might be liable in some other way. They could themselves be sued. Um, But I'm not sure that they're necessarily responsible for the payout. I I think that's that that would be somewhat unusual.
0: Well, here, this is another uh, slippery slope that I think the Democrats are walking here. 2010 landmark decision, Citizens United, something that Barack Obama at the State of the Union actually chastise the court, which was right. never done before, uh, from the State of the Union Address. Those They're supposed to sit there stoic as little little statues. Right. Uh, some argue that Ruth Bader Ginsburg has been that <laughs> statue for 12 years now, but the point is... They call Clarence
1: Thomas the Sphinx, too. Right? Right. He doesn't talk he does in not arguments.
0: Does arguments. <laughs> that's right. No questions are asked. <laughs> so in 2010, landmark decision, basically, uh, Mitt Romney got in a lot of heat in 2012 because he said that corporations are people. Right. The, the definition of the ruling in the majority was that a corporation has all of the rights protected under the First Amendment. They can freely exercise their free speech if that's with money, if that's with contributions. You can limit it, but you can't say they can't do it. Right. And so what this bill looks like it's doing is trying to chisel away at those protections that were given in that 2010 decision, Citizens United, in a way to say, let's keep corporate money out of elections. We can do that if that's what the Congress and the people want. But what do you do with union money? Because here you have people that have no choice whatsoever. They're part of a union and they have a percentage of their dues going to one political party. Ninety nine percent of the time it goes to the Democratic Party. How do you what's the juxtaposition of corporate
1: money is bad, but union money is totally par for the course. Well, I think the courts have, have moved recently to curtail that as well, just in terms of union membership. I mean, whatever freedom of association is, it's also freedom not to associate. And I think that they've gone after closed shops uh, in, in recent days. And I think for the most part, the unions have kept the the pack side of things and the operational cost side of things separately. Um, and as long as they do that, I, I think that there's still an argument that there's some measure of choice involved. Look, you don't have to give to the union's pack, but you're going to be a member, even in a closed shop. Um, but I think even uh, now that inertia is, is really um, something that's working for them. Right. You don't like to change things. And so, eh, well, I was a union member before, whatever. I'll, I'll keep going. But there's a concerted effort to, to get people to rethink that choice.
0: Well, let's get to tax returns, because this is obviously targeted towards the president. If we're going to say that the president of the United States and by the way, I'm a, a Trump supporter. I'm a conservative. No apologies there. Uh, but I will tell you that I've long said that if you tell the, the people, if you don't want to release your tax returns, don't say you are. Right. But if you're going to release your tax returns, whether you're under audit or you're not under audit, you release your tax returns. You, you honor your word. The president of the United States said he was going to release his tax returns when he was a candidate. Still hasn't. Uh, wh- whatever reason he doesn't want to do it, you know, that's – but I, it doesn't mean that we all have to agree with it. Right. If if the president is going to be mandated to release his tax returns by Fiat or H.R. one, everyone should release their tax returns. What, what is the harm in letting if you're asking for the vote of the people? Why shouldn't this happen for every elected office at the federal level?
1: No, I think that that's a, a glaring oversight. And I, part of it is, look, they're they're playing a loss as a win strategy. This has absolutely no hope in the Senate. It has absolutely no hope in getting signed by the president. But it's a great place to play politics. It's a great place to say, OK, here's ideally here's our wish list and here's what we would like to do for you. Elect us the next time around or keep sending us back the next time around. And so it's it's really about optics. It's about posturing. Um, and part of that is I don't think they're even thinking about hamstringing themselves in that regard.
0: Now, as far as what, you know, the, I guess the, the mistake is always if you release your tax return and you're paying a lower rate than, right. you know, your secretary people look at that but while we look at Jeff Bezos while you know Elizabeth Warren came out this week talking about she wants to break up Facebook Google Amazon I'm one of the I I don't know if I'm the only guy out there saying I think Elizabeth Warren is not tethered to this planet on most of her ideology but when she's talking about breaking up monopolies I don't know how any conservative can't look at that and say She's absolutely right. It's a complete unfair—it's a disadvantage for any small group to want to do a startup when you're giving tax money. But Bezos, Netflix, these are huge companies. They're not paying anything. And is it that they're taking advantage of the tax code, or is it that they're hiding money overseas, whatever they're doing? But to me, it's a fine line between, you know, you can release your tax returns if you're a candidate. I'm saying that if you're getting any subsidy from the government— Those should be public as well. If I'm giving you tax dollars as a CEO, then maybe we need to see everyone. Where where does it stop? It can't be just elected officials if they're taking government money.
1: No, I think we have to be realistic about the idea that private entities are gatekeepers to information. And it might be an uncomfortable position for some people to be in who are radically free market and say, well, you can't curtail that. They have trade secrets, they have all these things they have to protect. But they're the new gatekeepers. We, we don't have unfettered access to uh, media sources. We don't have unfettered access to information. Like, I think the internet gives us the perception that we do. Right? Oh, I'll just go Google that, and things will come up, and that's the the real world that's out there beyond my fingertips, and that's what Google's giving me. No, Google has an algorithm. They have um, means of pushing some things up in those rankings in terms of what's presented to you and others for, for artificially creating them. And, and it could be them. commerce. It could be ideology. Right. It could be whatever. Uh, so And we don't know. No, oh, frankly, they, they've there have been many attacks on Google in particular for saying, "Look, you're doing this." There, you know, when we search for things, mostly liberal things come up, or mostly conservative things things come up, and it's pitched as bias. And their refrain is, "Well, no, it's just the things that are linked to, and they're things that people are reading, and it's things that we think that would be relevant to you." But we don't know, and so if they're going to be the gatekeeper uh, to all this information, maybe we ought to have some say in in how those those algorithms work, and or at least more customizability in terms of what we're shown, and and if we want. The entirety of the internet to, before our fingers. Maybe we don't want those intermediaries.
0: Would it be more realistic, though, instead of to change who gets to release their tax return to just change the tax code? <laughs> I mean, wouldn't, wouldn't that be actually something that you could probably find more traction on both sides of the aisle and just say, "Look, what you're able to write off, if it's so secret and you don't, you, there's no transparency." Right. We're not just going to pick what off. Only only committee chairmen release their tax returns. Only presidents release their tax returns. If the tax return is something that nobody should be able to see because it's private information, maybe it's the tax you know code that needs to be reworked.
1: Maybe go like much of the rest of the world and they just give you a bill at the end of the year. But I think that that would... Probably not gain a lot of traction on any side because an entire industry is built up around the idea that they get money for helping people who don't have the time or inclination to do their tax returns to to do that. You know, a couple hundred bucks here or there. Those things add up during tax season. So there's an entire industry built up around the idea that um, people need help to to do this. And if we suddenly just gave people a bill or there was a government entity figuring out what everybody owed, uh, then that industry goes away.
0: That's Dr. Jacob Neuheisel. It is your time for calls, 803-0930 if you're a Republican, 644-9875 if you're a Democrat. We've got to take a quick break. When we come back, we're going to go nothing but phone calls. We're building up the base of calls, and then we'll go strictly to your calls. Tony, you're going to be first up on the Democratic line, then we'll go to the Republican line. 803-0930, Republicans, 644-9875. Democrats, it's hard line. Your calls after this. Hey, welcome back to Hardline. We've got Dr. Jacob Nyeisel, and we are talking about HR one, which is a Democratic uh, bill that went through the House, what like two thirty four one ninety something. It was
1: right along party party lines. Party
0: lines, and, and so basically, what it is, uh, we're talking about uh, ethics reform. Taking you can't be on a corporate board if you're, uh, you know, in the House of Representatives, right. uh, but also there's a couple things thrown in there, uh, not really. Along the ethics reform line, we're talking about mandating the president of the United States to release tax returns, uh, which is obviously geared towards Trump. And then the other thing is uh, voter suppression. Uh, Again, I haven't really seen any of where they're going with this because it, it seems like this is more geared towards Georgia in North Carolina, North Carolina 9, uh, right. that ca- that candidate is no longer a candidate that special— it's going to be a special right. election because of interference there. So anyway, uh, we'll take your calls on the Republican line, 803-0930, the Democratic line, 644-9875. Let's go to Tony in Clarence. Tony, thank you for being patient.
2: Well, that's okay. Uh, first of all, for 40 years, from the time of Nixon to the time of Obama— Each of these candidates released their tax forms to the public, so they could be seen what they have economically. Trump was the first candidate who refused to do this, citing that he was being audited. That's not an excuse because we—that's nothing but a lie. Many of his tax forms could have been released. From prior years than the one he claims was being uh, was being uh, uh, checked by the IRS. I, I, I don't understand why he is such a special person that he has to deviate from norm that was being done for 40 years. First guy that ever changed, changed tried to say, I don't want you to know what I got. And, he, <laughs> and by the way, a person who lies about 10,000 times in a year shouldn't be trusted with that comment either. The, the guy has things to hide, and he doesn't want you to know. In fact, look.
0: Tony, what, what happened?
2: To that, Never put a nickel into the foundation. That was all money he got from other people. Right,
0: right, but as, but so you're you're saying that uh, that every that okay, so you you don't like Trump? We get it. Here's what I'm saying: should should only the president release their tax returns, or should it be every member of Congress in the Senate as well? No,
2: it should just be the president. He has the highest office in the land.
0: Right. He is, what, what if you're on the Ways and Means Committee, though? That's a pretty powerful position, isn't it? I don't
2: I don't care about that. I care about him releasing his statement. That's all
0: right. All right. Well, Tony, we have a talk show to do though, and we have to stay on topic. But I, we, your 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 vote has been cast in the form that uh, you you don't you want Trump to release his tax returns. Appreciate that. Well, I think, uh, but again, uh, my thing is that look, people, you hate Trump. I get it. Not a problem. You want Trump to release his tax? He should release yeah. his tax. He said he was going to do it. He should do it. I, I'm not going to argue that. Right. But as far as the archive of presidential tax returns, you know, again, who does it? Who's responsible for doing it? It should be across the board. I mean, if there's so much information in a tax return that you could find out whether someone is you know, involved in criminal activity or right. involved in it, shouldn't that we
1: only care if our president isn't taking money from corporate uh, sponsors? Yeah, that doesn't seem clear. I mean, I think Tony is on balance right on, on a lot of things, right? It is a tradition that has been been going for quite some time, and it could potentially be informative. I'm, I'm racking my, my brain for you know, what what's the red line here where, oh, well, if I found something on the tax return what what's that going to say about their potential for for governing capacity? Um, and I, I don't know. I guess we could have a conversation about what that looks like. but at the very least, Congress has power too. Congress can direct a lot of funds toward pet projects, toward other kinds of things. and, you know maybe, I guess I'm generally more in support of more information being out there than less. And well,
0: it- look, just if we go through the, the archive, Elizabeth Warren has released 10 tax returns. Trump has released one tax return. His 2017 tax return has been released. The Mike Pence has released 10. Uh, Jeb Bush, 32. Hillary Clinton released 16. Uh, Fiorina, Kasich, Rubio, 5, 7, respectively. Bernie Sanders only released one. Is it a matter of just getting one tax return or getting all of your tax returns since in the, in the period. What, what is the number? I mean, you could have done something 20 years ago. Would we need all 35 that you've been, you know what I'm saying? What?
1: I think there needs to be a clear discussion about what, what the end game is. What, what are we hoping to see? Or, Or is it just, it's a signal that says, Oh, they're being transparent. And if there is something there, it could potentially be discovered if they release their tax returns, but we can't see otherwise.
0: All right, got to go to break, but Frank and John, you're up next. Republican line is 803-0930. Democratic line is 644-9875. We're going to get to your calls as soon as we take a break. But first, Alan Harris has news. It's Hardline.